The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Hi, I'm Helen Peacock, and I'm a spiritual medium, and welcome to Spirit Chat. My mission and passion is to bring comfort and validations that your loved ones are still with you once they have crossed over to the other side. I'm a messenger and a bridge between you and the spirit world. On this podcast, I will be sharing and demonstrating how I connect with spirit. I will also be helping you to develop your own intuition so that you can strengthen your very own connection with your loved ones. I will also have some great guests and chat about the spirit world, as well as sharing my readings with people. The afterlife is a celebration, and your loved ones are still with you and willing to communicate. So yes, the conversations continue. Now let's get started. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Spirit Chat, episode number 10. And this one is called Keep Their Story Alive. And let me tell you, when you listen to this podcast, you'll understand exactly what this means. And I was so blessed to have this interview with Gabby, who is a hospice nurse and end-of-life doula. And her platform is called The Hospice Heart. And I've been following her for quite some time now. And I was blessed when I reached out to her. I took a chance. I was so blessed when she said yes and agreed to this interview. I'm, I'm not going to say too much because I just want you to truly listen in, lean in, and just take it all in. It's information that you may be interested. It's information that you, you may need to know down the road. Um, she may answer some questions that you may have, but it was definitely a interesting interview. She filled my heart. She tugged at my heartstrings and she's given me some insight, definitely lots and lots of insight to being a hospice nurse and end of life doula. So I truly hope you enjoy this episode. I would love to hear what you think, how you feel, your thoughts, any questions that you may have. Enjoy my friends. Hello, friends. I'm all excited to uh, share a special guest that I have for my podcast for Spirit Chat. And I'd like to welcome um, Gabby from the Hospice Heart. And I discovered Hospice Heart through uh, Facebook, and I was really drawn in by her posts. And probably the last, I would have to say, the last good year and a half. Uh, I felt really drawn to her. And the reason why is because I just felt that she has a lot to share uh, how she handles not only her her patients, but also with the families. And that's mm-hmm. very important that she gives comfort. Now, not only is she, is, is she a hospice nurse, but she's also an end-of-life doula. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to quickly just bring her in. I'm super, super excited. So welcome, Gabby. 
Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy you said yes. <laughs> Gabby has like 108 108,000, right? 108,000. 130. 130 in your community. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I, I was just laying in bed one night and I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to take a chance because you're also an author with four, four books out there. And I thought, mm-hmm. ah, she's probably busy. She probably won't have time for me. You know, little, a little medium here in Canada, in Ontario. And I just, I sent you an email and you replied, I think it was the next day. And I was like, so excited. I was like, you totally made my day. I'm like, oh my God, she said yes. She's going to be on my podcast. So here you are. Um, here I am. If you, and I have to say this in case my listeners don't see, because I, if I have your permission, I'm going to post this on my YouTube channel, but I want my audience members to know that we have two redheads here <laughs> with freckles. I yes, love lots it. of freckles. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I always call myself 50 shades of red because I'm different. <laughs> I am, I am different shades of red. So mm-hmm. it's, it's nice to be with a fellow, uh, fellow redhead. So welcome, welcome, welcome. So I just want to mm-hmm. ask you if you could share a little bit, you know, give yourself a, a little bit of an intro about who is Gabby and we know what you do, but what inspired you to do what you do and bless your soul? Cause it takes a lot of courage to do what you do, but also if you could share with us, like what inspired you to create your platform to share with your, with others and creating your community, if you could share that with us. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I, I was not in this field all my life. I didn't get into it until I was in my late 40s. And it was because I was helping my friend who was going through cancer and died. I helped his wife take care of him so she could work. And I I was invited into the beautiful workings of, of the hospice team. And the the idea of comforting and caring for someone when they're dying is hard enough, but it was someone I loved. And this was a very, very dear friend of mine. And so to walk that journey with him taught me so many lessons just about life. But it also let me know that this is something that I'm supposed to be doing. And I had no idea. So I changed my whole life. And I, I became a caregiver. And then I became a home health aide. And then I became a hospice nurse and then an end of life doula and then a conscious dying educator. So it kind of all flowed. And each movement I made forward was like motivated and sort of pushed by the experiences that I had, which is why I started writing the books First, I think I started with soft landing first and then went into the Facebook community. Mm-hmm. I, I created that community because no one asks me how my day is, you know, because they're afraid I'm going to tell them. I talk about death. I talk about the beauty when compassion is surrounding an end of life for the person who's dying, but also for those who are saying goodbye and what that means. And when I talk about it, of course, I make people cry, but it's not a really great party trick. So they don't want me to to come around, you know, and and I need to talk about it. I needed to find a safe place to share are my stories and and kind of shine light on the lives of the people mm. that trusted me at their bedside. So I created that platform to talk about it. 
And I remember when it first hit like a thousand, oh my gosh, I have a thousand people on here. And I thought that was super exciting. And then 10,000 and then 50,000 and then a hundred thousand or not a hundred thousand, but yeah, 130,000. And that tells you that people are looking for, for assistance, you know, and I don't know. I I can't think of any other doulas out there or hospice nurses out there that put themselves out there. But I love how you said that you need to be heard, that you need to tell your story. I I absolutely love that. And again, and that also takes a lot of courage to do that, you know, because not everybody wants to hear, like you just said, it makes people feel uncomfortable sometimes or not quite sure what, what, what are the right questions you know, and you're already giving them the answers before they even ask the questions. And I love that. The, and I love your blogs. I love your blogs. Thank you. Um, that page really elevated during COVID because so many people were isolated and lonely. And I had COVID for several days, many days. I think I was home for 21 days or something like that. So I wrote every day about what I was going through, allowing other people to feel safe, to share what they were, because so many people were isolated and home alone. And that that does a lot to the mental energy, you know, and um, and so I created a place for people to talk about that too. their fear, you know, their uncertainty, not being able to sit at the bedside with someone they love because they COVID wouldn't allow that. And then I shared as a hospice nurse what it was like to be at the bedside when families couldn't be there mm-hmm. and our struggles in providing end of life yes. care at such a fragile time. So that really elevated that page. That must have been very challenging and difficult for you in regard to other family members not being able to be present for their their loved ones and the, the same thing happened to my uncle who passed away and he lived in Scotland and my my father was very 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 close and he couldn't even fly there because of covid to mm-hmm. be there to say goodbye to my my uncle and so it's, it was so strange to have this camera on zoom, like let's set up the zoom session to say goodbye to our loved ones. And it was just so cold. So, so cold, but yet, you know, I'm very thankful for technology that yes, we were be able to attend in that way, but for you to have to almost replace not having the family members there, what, what would you say would be your number one question? Like what was the most that people ask you in regards to like, how do I say goodbye? Are you know, uh, a lot of people are fearful, especially. Well, if he doesn't believe in God, is he is he actually going to go to heaven? What's going to happen to my love? Am I am I answering your question? Am I asking my, Those are all the questions? Question? <laughs> the most common question. I, there's two or three. One is, um, can he really hear me? Yes. Oh, yes. I believe with every ounce of my being. Yes. I believe they hear you at that moment. And and sometimes hours after death, because the energy is still there. After someone has died, I still respect the body. I talk to him. I tell him what I'm doing. If I'm going to bathe him, I let him know. I respect his dignity and privacy. And I tell the family, he's still here with us. And and I, I want them to savor those moments. I've learned to take a pause when someone takes their last breath. Don't Don't rush. Let's just sit with this for a moment. Right. To just be with it, to to kind of just kind of gently hold all of that life as it leaves us, you know, and and honor it. So I think the question I get asked most is, can they hear us? And my answer is yes. 
And, and I get asked all the time, you know, how much time does he have? And I used to say, oh, maybe two or three hours or, but now what I say is, you know what? We can't predict that. We can't predict that for someone who is healthy any more than someone who is dying. Is it going to happen? Yes. Yes. It's going to happen soon. And then what I'll say is what I want you to do is I want you to just be with right now, right this minute talk to him, laugh with him if he's able to communicate, sit with him, let him hear your words, let him feel your touch and and know that whatever you're giving right now is what he'll take with you. And if you're given tomorrow, that's a bonus day. Do it all over again. But stop looking at the clock. Savor right this minute, which is for life as well as at the end of life, right? Mm-hmm. We are so busy looking at tomorrow that we don't truly focus on right now and and we're wasting time. I want people to not waste time. So I don't give them a time. Precious. So, so precious. Right. Now, this just came to me as you were speaking. Um, What about children? Hmm. Now, you mean children who are dying or children who are saying goodbye? Children who are the patient. I don't want not patient, but so what do you, I don't, do you call them your patients? I call them my patients. I try not to. I, I I'm I try to refer to them as maybe this is this is the person you love, you know, your loved one, your father, your husband. I really try to refer to that when I'm talking about them, they are patients yes. because my my brain goes to the HIPAA rules, right? Like I'm yeah. always trying to remember to be this is a patient. But to me, they're a human being. And so I honor them in that regard. Mm-hmm. But I I can't um I can't work with children. I, I, by that, I mean, I, I'm too emotionally attached. I have two little grandchildren and I, I struggle with that. I would be very emotional. I would not be as effective of a, a nurse or a doula. I would do it if someone needed me to, and they asked me because I would want to honor them, but I would have a very deep emotional reaction to that. Yeah, I understand that. And do you do, so do you get to choose then? Mm-hmm. I, I work with adults. Uh, our the company that I work with as as a hospice nurse and for my own doula practice. I I don't. I've not even really been asked to to help with children. I would if someone needed me, mm-hmm. but it's not my first choice. I, I again, I would not. I would not be at my best in that situation. I understand. Yeah. And so do, when you are with your patients, are you in um, their loved one's homes or are you in a hospital do you, or do you, different places, obviously? Usually the homes, sometimes facilities like assisted living or independent living or memory care or um, board and cares, mostly homes. I would say the large portion is in the home. And so do you get called like many different hours of the day and night? Like, is that what it work, how it works for you as you are on call? For my doula practice, yes. But um, I, for my regular job, I work eight to five Monday through Friday, weekends sometimes if they need somebody. So I have set hours as a hospice oh, okay. nurse. Okay. As an end of life doula, most of my work, because I do have a full-time job and I need to honor and respect that, mm-hmm. my doula work is usually... I do um, information visits and I I meet with people from all over the world. I have clients in New Zealand and Australia, the UK. I have many clients in Canada, Um, but I I talk to them and I I give them the tools over the phone, let them know what they're going to expect, questions they can ask their hospice team, um, encouraging 
them to start hospice, letting them know what those resources are that are available to them. And then if they have questions like, Gabby, this is what's happening, I, I comfort them. So a lot of my work is over Zoom or FaceTime or texting. If I have the luxury of time and I can be with them locally and sit at their bedside, that's where my heart goes. But I I mostly do the the information sessions mm -hmm. and, and sometimes I've had a couple patients where I've had as a doula client and then I've helped them transfer to hospice and stayed with them on their team mm -hmm. as a nurse not a doula I have to learn my my lane exactly exactly and also do you find do you have like the family members once once their loved ones have transitioned do you do you have like an open line like an open communication for the, the the families here to like to can you still connect with them can they still reach out to you do you have a platform for them just for the grievers alone so that's a good question as a hospice nurse we have to end our relationship when someone dies I'm not really good at that oh, I and didn't so, know that I, I so guess I, I was meant to ask that question I really had no idea that you had to do that I you know, I I still check in on them and and sometimes they'll reach out to me and I have to, you know, I, I'll say something, you know, very appropriate. I'm so happy to hear from you. You've been in my thoughts, but I really need to forward you to our team of bereavement support because I think they'll benefit, you know, and so then I'll make sure that that call gets passed on because it's it's not appropriate. You know, we have to follow protocols. I, that is the thing I struggle with most, which is actually the main reason I wanted to be an end of life doula, because as a doula, I can start at diagnosis, walk alongside them on their journey and into their grief journey. So I do, I have created some classes that I, I designed specifically for, especially during COVID for people who didn't get to say goodbye mm -hmm. and their ritual and ceremony classes. One is about grief and I'll, I'll spend the first hour just really giving tools to work through your grief. But I do two rituals, one for letting go and releasing some of the negative energies we might feel, but the other is to, to be able to pass on a message or say goodbye if there wasn't that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I teach people how to do their own rituals so that they can send a message to someone they love. And so I've got different ways of doing that. And I, yeah, I give I them really the tools. Do. Sounds yeah. powerful too as well. And yeah. if if I happen to get this podcast edited in time, um, I do want to mention that Gabby does have a workshop that's coming. Do you call them workshops? What you I, I kind of go back and forth. Is it a workshop? Is it a class? Because it's not, not really interactive, except for that I allow yeah. people to. But I do like okay. it. I like what you call it, ritual and ceremony, focusing on grief. And so Gabby's holding this on Sunday, April 23rd from 9 to 11 a.m. And that's Pacific time. So I'm just going to put it out there, even if I don't, yeah. if I'm not able to get this up in um, on my platform and you can register at the hospiceheart.net. Yes. Yeah. Am I correct in saying that? Perfect. Mm -hmm. um, now here's a question for you. Okay. Do you, is there a, do you have a specific favorite of, a, a, you know, of a, a patient that like, is there, is there mm -hmm. anyone that really, if it, have you ever been asked that question? Is there one that really just tugged at your heart and you, you can't seem to let that memory go. Do you have one that you can yeah, share? I have moments where I, 
I still feel sad. You know, Mm -hmm. when someone trusts you to be vulnerable with, you know, and consider you a safe place to share what they're experiencing at the end of life, that is an honor to me. And I have been blessed to have it happen numerous times where people ask me questions that they wouldn't ask anyone else. Mm-hmm. And they, they talk about their insecurities, their uncertainties, their fears, their, their curiosity, you know, and, and when someone opens up to me, it sort of removes like some curtains right between us and allows us to come closer and those conversations are so powerful. Mm-hmm. And so I think I have many that are like that. I also connect my favorites with the family members. When I bond with a family member, I that doesn't leave. And I've, I've made some friends, really strong friendships with people who have I have supported while they said goodbye to someone they love. And that that's kind of like the the silk beautiful ribbon on a gift of something I get to do every day of my life. So I I think my favorites are the ones who open up and feel like they can trust me. Mm-hmm. And I, I do have some, like I, I put the anniversaries of their deaths, the special ones in my calendar. So I remember and honor them each year. Oh, I love that. Oh, I don't want to forget them any more than I want anyone to forget someone who has died, right? We need to continue saying their name and tell their story. And well, and that's that, why I write the books. That is the segue. That is the segue to the, the next thing I was going to mention. But thank you for sharing that. You may have just planted a seed with me um, because <laughs> of the work that I do. That uh, I, I love that idea that you, you know, when it comes to the anniversary of their passing. And it's, you know, it's ironic that you say that because my girlfriend reached out to me last night and it's the anniversary of her husband's passing. I think it's uh, six years ago today. So that's mm-hmm. ironic that we're bringing that up. But I think I may copy you. And do that's that. okay. I think I just might. Um, so I was reading through one of your blogs and there was one thing that you had mentioned that I really liked. And it's about how that you never want to stop talking about the loved ones and that you, I love how you said this, where you say that you lean in closer to Mm. them so that you're really listening and taking that in and inviting them to share stories and memories of their loved ones and keeping, you know, their spirit alive. And I just think that is so important. And I just put it down here. Yep. How you lean in closer to the grievers new and experienced so that you can invite them to have conversations about the people they love, reminding them to never stop talking about them. Was that the blog conversations with grievers? I think so. I can't remember. I didn't write that. Part I love down. that blog because it was so real for me. You know, I um, one of my favorite conversations is when I'm with a couple who's been married many years, right? Like 60 or 70 oh, years. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And I every time I'm reminded that, gosh, all of my relationships together don't total that. And mm-hmm. to think that you've been with this person. So I, I I like to sit with them. The person who's dying is is at this point non-responsive. And I'll say to her husband of 80 years. So what was your first thought when you met her? What what did you think about? Like, what was your first what, what was your first dance? What's your favorite song? Beautiful questions. 
I want to want to take them on their own memory lane. Yes, yes. The idea that the person who's leaving will take that with them, right? The reminder of the first hello and the first hand holding and the first kiss and the first dance and and all those years that you shared together. I mm. by talking about it, it it sends all of that lovely just memory with the person who's dying and I yeah. And it also helps the person who's grieving to feel that that soft spot. It's sad, right? But they're reminded of so much. I, I just had someone I talked to the other day who told me that, you know, the one thing she she really loved about her husband, they were married, you know, 30 plus years. And she said, we held hands every time we were together. We We couldn't not touch each other. Wow, like that's on my wish list. When I meet someone, mm-hmm. I want I want to hold his hand, you know, yeah. and I yeah. I want him yeah. to want to hold mine. And and I think that we take those things for granted. So I, I get a lot of lessons. Yes. Was it you that I remember this? It's all coming to me now as you're talking about when you have the families talk about, you know, going down memory lane or their their lover, their spouses, whomever. Did you write something? Cause it's triggering something now about a memory box, like have them come in with all their special, yeah. you know, artifacts, special little, whatever, you know, pictures and little ornaments and lucky charms and uh, jewelry or whatever have you. Was it you that wrote that? Well, I wrote about the box. So I always suggest to families like, cause they ask me, what can I say? And I say, I want you to imagine that she has a box right here, a beautiful <laughs> box lined in purple velvet. Cause my box will be lined in purple velvet. And, and in that box, you give all your gems, all the memories, all the thank yous, all the, the, legacy items, the lessons that they taught you, put all of that in that box so they can take with them. Now, they're more emotional items instead of physical. There isn't anything actually in the box per se, but it's about giving them something to take with them. Pack that box for them. Mm -hmm. Pack it full of everything you love about them. Everything you will remember forever, all the the things they taught you, the Mm. special recipes, the holiday traditions, the the joyful dance parties, whatever, put that in the box for them. So they take that with them and it's sort of packing them a box to go. A box to go. Wow. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. And it it kind of, um, you know allows them to go and and again because this is one of the for because because of what I do that's one of the things that you know loved ones in spirit love to to say is I was with you in that moment when you did this right and you know even if they're not really coherent and you you bring all this out and you talk about it they will they will come back and they will say I was there I remember you did this this and this right and that just this, the emotion that comes through on my clients' faces when they know that their loved ones, you know, can still visit them or how they were, they will acknowledge certain things. And I'll say to them, did you actually tuck in the sheets? Did you, mm-hmm. did you like tuck them right in? Like they're in, a, cause, and they'll come through with their sense of humor. They're like, yeah, oh my goodness. She tucked me in like a friggin' sardine, you know, <laughs> like just kept, or uh, they'll mention certain things like, yep. 
she came in and she painted red nail polish on all my toes and she actually missed one, like right down to wow. the detail, you know, and they do, they mention their hospice nurses. Oh, they'll mention that they were a pain in the ass to all the nurses or whoever was around you. Right. Uh-huh. Those are the validations that I love. And so this is the segue as well, leading into it before we do come to a close. And that is, uh, I'm like, you're helping me. You're like my inspiration. I'm going to, I'm just going to put it out there, right? Just listening to you and how you share. And I, I was inspired by my girlfriend who had passed away and it was my first time in a, in a hospice and she had a trach. So the last two weeks of her life, she took the trach out. So she wasn't speaking. She just, it's like, she was done. She was just done. And all she would do was listen to her music. And I knew her time was coming. And so what I did was, is I brought her other best friend and myself. And I knew this was the last day I was going to see her because I was getting ready to leave uh, to go to the UK for my cousin's wedding. And so we both agreed we were going to get a bottle of champagne and some orange juice. Okay. Champagne glasses. Okay. So Leanne and I were sitting across from each other and Mo was laying down, of course. Right. So I handed her 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 glass with a straw (laughs) and we just did a cheers. We did a toast, you know, tears coming down her eyes and just did a toast. And she sucked that sucker back (laughs) and she pushes out the glass for more. And I, that's the first time I'd ever seen her like light totally right up the whole two weeks she was there. And it just, made my day to know like it was gonna be the last time I was gonna see her but to celebrate where she was going you know and it's just like Mo you're graduating you're moving into a beautiful place you know and that's my memory that I created sorry I'm getting all emotional no I love that I love that you shared that with me also but you but it's also something because of that moment too, and getting to know the nurses and seeing the the care itself. Like she was, she was a huge dog lover, and they were able to move her bed out on wheels out into the back porch that led out into this beautiful garden. So they were able to bring in her do her two. Uh, uh, what do you call those dogs? They're big, big dogs, but Bernese dogs, I think. And so they were, she was able to see them. And I just thought, you know what? This is something that I would love to do later mm-hmm. on in my life when I'm ready to retire and volunteer and just give more time in a different way to, mm-hmm. you know, do what you do. So you are my inspiration. And having said that, like, do you have any advice for if there's any any people out there that are feeling the same way as I am and perhaps want to volunteer? Do you have, do you have anything that you could share on that? Hospice volunteers are my favorite people. Um, And if you just go and reach out to your local hospice, ask to speak to the volunteer coordinator and they will let you know when their classes are. The thing about working in this field is to it there, you can get a certificate and you can become an end of life doula. You can go to school and you can become a hospice nurse. You can be a home health aide or a caregiver or a CNA. All of those things take some time and work, but they don't teach you how to be present at the bedside for someone who is dying. And so my advice is always to take the volunteer training because it gives you that advice. I teach a class called At the Bedside, and it's an introduction to becoming an end-of-life doula. And what I make very clear is you can go anywhere and get a certificate. There's 
weekend classes, there's month-long classes, There, there's price ranges, there's a lot offered out there, and a lot of them are very good. I, I recommend some of them in my class. I even have some of them come and speak. And that's via but Zoom? We can do this via that's Zoom? That's via Zoom. But at the end of the day, that doesn't teach you how to be at the bedside. So I always encourage people to be hospice volunteer because your training is wonderful, but it gives you that experience. You the letters on your badge and and the certificates that you receive do not make you someone that can sit at the bedside. You have to learn how to do that. You have to take the time and feel that and and understand how truly fragile life is that you are witnessing the end of a life that human being is is not going to be here with us anymore in, in this mindset and if that's the case you're the one that's there you have to you have to take that all in right and truly realize what a gift that is yeah. and when you can do that then you can do this work and I was just sitting here thinking too like it's like it's like we're a book endings like you're the opening and I'm the closing of what we do right I, then, very much so yeah and I just think that I was just thinking wow like we're bookends we're just total bookends here and you so made me cry. I, I would just love to because I again I work with the clients in spirit and so I'm helping with the clients going through the grieving this way where you are preparing them to, mm-hmm. to go into the grieving in that way and so I'd love to to see what that feels like just to be there on the other side of the spectrum of that. And so that I can kind of bring both to them. Cause I've, I've had some people say to me, okay, well, my father's getting ready to transition. He's now getting, he's very fearful that he's not going to go to heaven. Cause he like, you know, and it's just like, so if I can have that kind of training as well. Um, but like you said, volunteering, that's the, yeah. that's the way I'm going to go and have just have something to offer for, for those who are getting ready, especially even when the family members are, are scared, you know, what's going to happen to them if they didn't believe in God and all that. Right. So there's so many questions and, you know, we're not taught, you know, death and dying has been a taboo subject. So people don't talk about it. And, and because of that, no one is, is aware of what someone else might need or want when that time comes. And I want to get people to have the conversation so that we can plan things like mm. a champagne toast or a dance party or painting toenails or, or whatever it is to truly honor that yeah. human being who is, who is dying. Yeah. And it's important, you know, that we talk about it. Yes. Well, I'm going to be continuing that uh, champagne because before she passed, I was with her in palliative care with Mo. And I asked her, I said, if there's one thing on your bucket list that you could do, what would that be? And she said, I've always wanted to do a hot air balloon ride. And so what I did was I researched it and got a hold of the guy got a hold of her friend Leanne and I said I want to surprise Mo with this this is on her bucket list let's mm-hmm. make this happen and then sure enough safety reasons we couldn't do it because of her trach and the oxygen level and they're saying they didn't want to take that chance with her broke my heart so her birthday's coming up august 3rd and so I'm going to book a hot air balloon ride and I'm oh. going to take that champagne and I'm going to get in that balloon and I'm going to toast her to the heavens and just Good. say, oh, 
You are here with me in spirit and we're doing this balloon ride together. So I love that. Yeah. Just again, like you said, keep the conversation alive, keep Mm -hmm. talking about them. And I just got the goosies as soon as they said that, because that's what spirit wants. They want you to keep talking about them all the good times. And when you're in that frequency and you're talking about all the good memories and you're feeling good, it raises your frequency and draws them in closer to you to have that connection. I love that. I think that you know, I don't want the story to, <clears throat> excuse me, and, I don't want the story to ever stop being told. Yes, yes. And if we stop talking about them, then they sort of fade away. And, you know, I've, I've mentioned this in a previous podcast as well. And I think I might have written about it. My granddaughter recently said to me, I was talking about my mom, and she said, you have a mom? And I realized that, of course, she's never met my mom because she died 30 years ago. My daughter never met my mom. And I don't think they know anything about her. So I I, I now want to share stories and I yes. want to let them know that, well, my mom and I had a rough time. I am who I am. And many of my characteristics that some other people might think are cute and funny are actually her. Mm-hmm. And when I look at my grandkids and I see them just doing something cute and funny, I want them to know it didn't come from me. You yeah. know, and I I think we need to keep telling the stories so they don't ever end. I want to keep them I, alive. I got a feeling that's what I'm going to title this podcast. Okay. Either maybe you can help me with this. Keep the conversations alive. Keep the conversation going. Keep their story alive. Keep their story alive. Keep their story. I don't want anyone to ever. And for me, I don't want anyone to ever forget me. I want. I want the stories to be shared. I want people to. I my you know my brother died a year ago. My sister died eight years ago. Both my parents are gone, and I I'm finally in this place in my life where. I want people to know who they they are because I am who I am because of all of them. Because of yes, yes, love it. And they deserve a little credit. The bumpy, the roads were bumpy, mm-hmm. but um, but they were roads that I I wouldn't have walked on if it weren't for them. Okay, so for before we come to a close, yes, it may sound kind of cold. Hmm. You're on your deathbed. What do you wish? What do you wish more than anything? You're on your deathbed. What do you wish more than anything before you transition, before you say goodbye? That my family's there, my son and my daughter, my grandkids. That's all I need. I I want them there. I want to, I want them to say goodbye. And I I want, I want to tell them I love them one more time. Mm Mm-hmm. And do you feel that because of all the experiences, all the journeys that you've been on just made you realize, yep, this is what That's I what matters. I also want to listen to really good music. I've already. <laughs> yes, <it>. exactly. <laughs> well, that's the one thing about Mo. And she, at the time, she only had one of those MP3s or whatever you call oh. them. And she had a playlist and she loved her music. And so and I, get, I get a lot of messages through her between sunflowers and. Uh, hot air balloon rides, you know, and and I'll share with you very quickly before I sign off. And that is when she actually transitioned, 
I was in um, I was in England and I was visiting my my uncle's girlfriend at the time. And it was my first time meeting her. And all of a sudden I got the call and I looked at my dad and I warned him, I'm going to be getting that call soon. And then as soon as the call came, of course, something came over me and my dad just kind of touched my hand and I got up and I walked out of the room and I just stood at the door and just had my little chat with her. And then I walked into the kitchen and my uncle's girlfriend, Elizabeth, uh, just brought me in, gave me a hug. And as I stood in her kitchen in the UK here, I looked around and on the tiles was hot air balloons. Oh, see, I think there's no such thing as accidents. I don't believe. No, there's no such thing as coincidences. Everything happens for a reason. It's just, you know, it's it's trusting that and just going with the flow, right? I agree. And so I just, it's, I just say it's just so magical. It is, you know, everything think- about, and we don't even want to use the word death, you know, there, it's, I don't know. There's just something about the word, but it's just like, no. And my, my motto, like my tagline is love never ends. It's just different. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think of life differently as I age and do this work. I I see things in sort of a childlike perspective, you know, that's magical. You know, I'm, I I think everything's miraculous and amazing. And um, I'm filled with gratitude all the time. And I've slowed down. My energy is slower because I don't want to miss anything. I want to savor it all. You do realize that you already have your wings. You are an earth angel. Well, thank you. (laughs) So we'll end it there. Yes. Thank you for having me today. Oh, you're so welcome. And for feeling the things that I was feeling. Oh, thank you for sharing. My audience is going to love listening to this. I know they will. You're going to open up a lot of hearts. You're going to tug at a lot of hearts. You're going to have people coming to your website. Hopefully I've inspired some volunteers to come your way. You know, yes. you me. I'm already there. So yes, do this work and do it well. Yes. So just to rehash it, to, to reach you, you're at the hospiceheart.net and the name of your Facebook page is the hospice heart. Yes. Gabby is whom I'm speaking with. Yes. So um, thank you again, Gabby. In closing to this, I think is an amazing interview, just because it's the beautiful, heartfelt Earth Angel Gabby. I do want to mention uh, her ritual and ceremony focusing on grief workshop, which is Sunday, April 23rd from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific time. Hopefully uh, you will get this before uh, Sunday. I'm hoping to have this posted up in the next couple days. And you can visit her uh, website at thehospiceheart.net. Her four books are available there. I also believe they're uh, available on Amazon. Soft Landings is book number one, book number two, The Hospice Heart, book number three at the bed site, and book number four, What Would Gabby Say? She also has amazing blogs on her Hospice Heart uh, website. So I do encourage you to go give it a visit, especially if there's some tools that you need. Perhaps uh, you you are in this situation right now. And, you know, I believe she's there to answer some questions as well. If you can drop her an email. She does have a huge following, so she's doing something right. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. And there is a question. 
There was a question that I should have asked, and I mentioned this after I turned the recording off, and that was the experiences that she may have had while her patients were transitioning or getting ready to transition if they saw their loved ones. If their pets came around, I know that's often a question, and I forgot to ask that. And so we just agreed, perhaps there's a part two, and hopefully that will happen. So I just wanted to mention that. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and I look forward to your reviews, any thoughts that you may have. You can also visit my website if you wish to book a session one-on-one or via Zoom, again, at helenpeacock.ca. I do have some upcoming events available there as well, especially if you are near my location in Ontario, which is Burlington, Ontario, Canada. Thank you again for joining in and listening to Spirit Chat. And always remember, love never ends. It's just different. If you enjoyed my podcast and would like to have your very own session with me, please visit my website at helenpeacock.ca. And you can also subscribe and follow me on social media. And wherever you are listening from, I would really love it if you could please leave me a review. Thank you again for tuning in. And remember... Love never ends. It's just different. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation Podcast, We'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.